When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Now, lately, I've been sharing a lot of pics of some of our more esoteric, unconventional aquariums on our social media feeds and been getting a lot of questions. And interestingly, the response from the community or people that are looking at our you know, social media feeds has been overwhelmingly positive. Like almost every response is kind of like, cool, love that. Or, I really want to do that in a tank. And these responses are so different from what we would see a few years back when the typical response to a pick was literally like, that tank looks dirty. Or my fave of all time was, is that the before pick of a tank rescape? <laughs> I thought that was great. People didn't understand that the, the look was a collateral benefit of what we we're doing here. Yet there's still some concern, some hesitation, or whatever you want to call it about setting up an aquarium with a huge amount of leaves and seed pods and stuff. I totally understand why. Adding all sorts of botanical materials or biological materials really to an aquarium requires a population of organisms in place to process it. Now, we've talked extensively about what happens in nature and in our tanks, really, when leaves and botanicals are added to water. However, no amount of me explaining that a community of life forms will process them if you let them will make some people feel comfortable about the idea. The biggest mental shift that we have to make in the hobby specialty that we play in here is to understand that leaves and seed pods and so forth are not just aquascaping set pieces put in to achieve a look. Rather, they're a functional part of the aquarium's environment, hosting a myriad of life forms which drive the ecology of the tank. In essence, they're part of the operating system that's essential for successful long-term function of the botanical-style aquarium. It's tough to get this point across sometimes. We're so immediately attracted to the look of these aquariums that we can easily lose sight of the fact that the look is a byproduct of the function. I received so many emails and DMs from hobbyists new to this botanical game asking if they should, you know, scrape off the gunk that's showing up on their leaves and seed pods. That I think this is sort of a real thing that we as a community need to address now and again. The idea is not to remove this stuff. It's not to siphon out decomposing materials. It's about letting nature take some of the control. It's about understanding what these things are and what they mean to the aquarium's ecosystem. And again, I keep using that word ecosystem or ecology because that's part of what we're trying to foster here. Uh, the interactions between land and water are something we thought about and discussed fairly often here on the tent. And it's a topic that just continues to hold my fascination. Now, a lot of the research I did before starting my brackish water aquariums centered upon this land-water interaction and the flora and fauna that exist there. Now, I promise you I'm not going to go into the intimate details of biofilm and fungal growth again and all that stuff, but I want to stress that these are organisms that you want. In fact, the whole point of a botanical-style approach is to recruit a population of microorganisms to support the aquarium ecosystem that you've created. And this land-water relationship is super fundamental because it starts with talking about how soils and terrestrial plant materials and terrestrial growth into the aquatic system works. It's an incredible dynamic. There's an intricate linkage, as we've talked about many, many times here, between land and water. It's, a, it's really fascinating. 
and seeing the botanical materials from plants, the terrestrial plants that is, and, and trees and so forth, you know, interacting in the water and recruiting life forms is amazing. It's a dynamic, really fascinating process. And that's why we find the idea of a natural botanical style aquarium so compelling. Now, many of the organisms from microbes to microcrustaceans to fungi are almost never seen except by the most observant and keen-eyed hobbyists. Now, you'll see my biofilms and so forth, but they're, you know, the, the actual fungi, it's sometimes a little harder to spot and so forth, but they're there. They're doing what they've done for, you know, eons. They work slowly and methodically over weeks and months, converting the botanical material into forms that are more readily assimilated by themselves and other aquatic organisms. It's an amazing process. Now, people ask me, what do you do? Um, how do you start? What's your mindset when you start one of these tanks? Well, when I start a botanical style aquarium, I go in knowing that it's going to be a while before I see the first fishes swimming around there, for one thing. The idea is always to create the microbiome and to sort of jumpstart the ecology of the aquarium before adding any higher organisms to the tank. That's yeah, a little bit of a letdown for some people, I guess. But part of the process is creating a rich you know, substrate. And we've touched on this many times before. But to me, it's important. To me, the substrate is where all the action is. A lot goes on down there, all of which benefits the aquarium in many, many ways, chemically, biologically, and physically. I almost always use, and okay, this is going to sound like a sales pitch for my nature-based stuff, so maybe it is, but I almost always use sedimented substrates, either exclusively or as a significant percentage of my standard go-to substrates, which are usually uh, Carob Sea Sunset Gold or Carob Sea Torpedo Beach Sand. I love those particular ones. They look right. They're chemically inert. Very similar to what you see in many of these natural environments. Uh, along with small leaves or bits of leaves and some of the tiniest bits and pieces, you know, the roots and twigs that we sell. Uh, the really small ones that you guys complain about when I, <laughs> I enclose them in the packs. But those are what I use. Um, really small bits and pieces of things embedded into, mixed into the substrate. And this process literally spikes the substrate with all sorts of beneficial life forms. And it enables fungal growth and bacterial biofilms to really get going early on. There's a lot of food or material for them to process. Now, a lot of hobbyists will ask me how my two to three day old tanks look so broken in. And I tell them it's because of the process. Life flourishes very quickly in a botanical style aquarium if you let it. In fact, in just about any aquarium. Now, the idea of mixing bits and leaves and other materials which can decompose into the substrate flat out scares the shit out of many hobbyists. I totally get this. We've been told to keep squeaky clean substrates for, you know, generations. However, I don't think, or I think that's actually in the context of feeding and stocking and just general aquarium maintenance. Makes sense. The difference here is when the whole goal of deliberately adding stuff to the substrates is to facilitate a growth in beneficial microfauna populations. Totally different sort of approach. In my experience and in the reported experience from numerous fellow aquarists who stock and allow botanical materials to break down in and on their aquarium substrates, virtually undetectable nitrate and phosphate levels are typical for this kind of system. When you combine it with good overall husbandry, it makes incredibly stable systems. I know it seems weird because these systems have so much decomposing stuff in there, but if you maintain one for a period of time and observe it, do some chemical tests if you don't believe me, and you'll be surprised how stable these aquariums work. And then there's that part about running an aquarium without fishes for a period of time. That's the other part when I start up a tank that throws people a little bit. It's tough for a lot of people. Um, I think the tolerance for this, the patience, is an absolute byproduct for me of my approach to reef keeping. 
Uh, it's sort of like fishless cycling, but with the added goal and collateral benefit of helping develop the aquarium's ecology simultaneously. And I got that from Reefkeeping, where you have to be real patient when you're establishing a new aquarium. This is no different. Now, by the time the fishes are added to the new tank, it's stable, it's a well-developed little ecosystem. Sure, it's going to continue to evolve over time, and you need to add fishes slowly and engage all the usual new tank protocols and husbandry details, but it's surprisingly easy to do. The hard part is being patient. Making that mental shift which allows you to wait a month before adding fishes is challenging for many people, I get it. Yet, during that time, you're able to watch a progression of life forms developing and flourishing. The whole ecosystem's literally coming alive. And this is something that you'll find incredibly gratifying watching. It's something that we don't always do as hobbyists, looking at an empty tank that's just starting to come alive. And kind of like a planted aquarium, maybe, I guess, before, as it establishes itself, it's a little different. You're not seeing as obvious a growth. You're seeing changes in the ecosystem. You're seeing the aquarium go from this cloudy sort of thing to a, a more clear, uh, you know, water um, quality. And then you're seeing uh, the biofilm starting to form. You're seeing sediments settle down. It's really neat to watch. And if you look closely, you can see little minute organisms swimming around and moving around on the rock work. And you, what I would do during this time is sort of add other life forms. We'll talk about that in a second. Just always remember the aquarium itself is sort of uh, an ecosystem of sorts with various inputs, trophic levels, and export mechanisms. When we set up aquariums from day one to evolve as functional ecosystems rather than just for pure aesthetics like a static display or a diorama or whatever, a whole new world opens up when you don't fight nature, when you just embrace what happens. Replicating the function of nature creates some unorthodox aesthetics, I, I agree. However, they're exactly like what you see in nature. And the, and nature. And the, the beauty and the details of these wild habitats is readily apparent when we make the effort to understand them on a deeper level in our aquariums. And the whole, you know, it starts from the bottom mantra that I keep preaching here is really important. Just tell yourself over and over and over again that substrate is not just a thing you toss on the bottom of the tank or some strictly decorative product. Rather, it's a habitat, a place where the extraordinary organisms that make up our microbiome, you know, reside and multiply and benefit the aquarium in many, many different ways. Now, one thing that's unique about the botanical style approach is that we tend to accept the idea of decomposing materials accumulating in and among the substrates within our aquariums. We understand that these botanical materials in the substrate act as to a certain extent as fuel for the micro and macrofauna which reside in the tank and that they perform this function as long as they're present in the aquarium so what do i do i add stuff i will add organisms like copepods and i will add things like gamerus and daphnia and paramecium cultures and of course our purple non-sulfur bacteria supplement i do that on a daily level to get that microbiome going it's a pretty simple process and there's no real you know recipe to it just add life forms sit back relax wait a few weeks a month two months if you can handle it and then add those fishes you'll just sort of know when it's ready watch that bloom it's really fascinating so in summary the aquarium substrate itself just like in nature plays a huge role in the function of the botanical style aquarium we can create a facility within substrate materials which not only provides unique aesthetics it provides priceless benefits you know production of supplemental nutrition for our fishes and nutrient processing via a self-generating population of creatures that complement indeed create the biodiversity in our systems on a more or less continuous basis that's what i call true functional aesthetics are you ready to start a new tank can you wait a little bit before adding some fishes are you mentally shifted 
I'll bet that you are. Stay motivated, stay inspired, stay observant, stay patient, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tenant Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tenant.